right, hello and welcome to episode 59 of Checking the Gate, a film and religion podcast. I am Robert Wright Stasco. I am Michael M. Patty. And today we are presenting our nun special. As you recall, last time we were inspired by the upcoming, I think it's out already, the, the nun. Oh yeah, it's coming and gone. Prequel, sequel, <laughs> it's a the Conjuring series. Yeah, it's, it's a prequel. It takes place in the past. Yes, but uh, I rest, didn't see it. Rest assured, listeners. Yes, we d- we did not watch that, and we're not reviewing that movie. But no, it's just I saw a whole bunch of commercials for it, and it's like you know what we should we should do a real show about you know real nun movies, and then and then some idiot suggested we watch The Little Hours. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. We're gonna get into that in a little bit. Uh, yeah, but we we have some differing opinions on that. Which always makes for a fun show. Yeah, this episode is going to be kind of all over the place. Uh, yeah, well, because we have the little hours, and then we watch, which is a comedy, and then we watch the more serious drama, the Novitiate, which is both were released uh, last year, I think. Last year, twenty seventeen or twenty sixteen. I, mean, I think yeah. little hours might have come out in twenty sixteen. Yes. Oh no, twenty. IMDb says twenty seventeen. They're both twenty seventeen. Oh, okay, good. So yeah, so we're we're doing a a relevant podcast today. And in TV Corner, we're going to look at uh, The Keepers. Which also came out in 2017. Yeah. Um, and then if we have time, maybe we'll look at a little bit of another nun show. Uh, Mike hasn't watched it. He's been in the room while it was on. But oh, uh, yeah. I've sat through a couple episodes with my wife. Um, I am I am not going to comment on this show because <laughs> I want to stay married. <laughs> it is called Call the Midwife. And it premiered before 2017, but it, it, it did have a season that aired in 2017. So, <laughs> And I think it's still on. Yes, yes, it is. I think um, we just watched a recent season on BritBox, my, my wife's favorite streaming channel. Did you so. see Filmstruck was going away? No. Yeah, since AT&T took over Warner's, they're, they're, oh. they're bleep canning it. Oh, I was gonna subscribe to that because of all the criterion stuff on i was well i uh, off the air i will tell you where you can still find some criterion stuff i was looking for a nun story with audrey hepburn because they mentioned it in novitiate and i thought filmstruck might have it they didn't um but i guess it's a good thing i didn't subscribe (laughs) because they're shutting down yeah and Uh. they had like a lot of the old showa era Godzilla movies on there too so I think I might um, Um, Stars has a bunch of Godzilla on it yeah okay actually well it's nothing I don't already have on Blu-ray or DVD I'm just I'm letting you know (laughs) sometimes you're not at home and you need some Godzilla yeah you can you can watch Godzilla on your phone yeah well I have everything from like 1995 to the present day, I have on Voodoo. So, oh, okay, yeah. Sony Top did. Notch. Sony did a good job of releasing all those. But since we're not doing, you know, Godzilla, Godzilla availability on streaming podcasts, yeah, Godzilla versus the Nun. We'll just <laughs> it's a Marvel crossover we haven't seen yet. I'd watch the hell out of that. <laughs> would uh, the Would the Nun be giant? Yes. Well, I, yeah, I guess it'd have to be. Yeah. No. Okay. You know, if if Jet Jaguar can grow to the size of Godzilla, so could a nun. I don't know who that is. Uh, that's uh, you're, uh, is that a deep cut? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're not a Godzilla nerd, so <laughs> all my Godzilla nerd friends will know that one. Anyways, let's let's talk about the, the Little Hours. That one has a lot of uh, comedy. A lot of huge 
yeah. funny stars in it. Aubrey Plaza might be the biggest name in it. Her Parks and Rec co-star Nick Offerman has a small part. Yeah. Um, Allison Brie, uh, formerly of Community. I know her from Glow. Yes. Uh, she's on there. Um, oh, who else? Uh, Kate Machucci, who is half of Garfunkel and Oates. Uh, oh, really? I know, I know her from Scrubs. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was the she was the one who was uh, Jewish and gay. Yeah, that was yeah. Okay, that was Kate Machucci. I didn't know. Well, I didn't know she was in that group, so that's cool. John C. Riley, who is one of my favorite comedic actors, he's got like three movies coming out this fall. Yeah, uh, the Sisters Brothers, Laurel and Har- or, um, Stan and Ollie. That looks uh, good. That does look good. That looks really good. And a Sherlock Holmes movie with Will Ferrell. <laughs> that <laughs> Which... does not look good, but I'm going to watch it anyways. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looks exactly like what you'd expect. <laughs> yeah. And Fred Armisen has a small part in it. Dave Franco. Brother of the James brother, Franco. The brother right? of James Franco. When they smile, they're like yeah. twins. He played, he played Greg Stestero in, which I still haven't seen, The Disaster Artist. I meant yes, to. I read the book. Yeah, it's this, the movie's the same. It's okay. You're not missing anything. If you read the book, enjoyed the book, you don't yeah. have to see the movie. So. I, I want to. Yeah, but uh, so anyway, there's a lot of there's uh, a lot Molly, of Molly Shannon. Oh, Molly. Oh, I thought I said Molly Shannon. You're right. Yeah, Molly Shannon. So yeah, so there's there's a, a great comedy pedigree in this one, and it's yeah. it's based on the Decameron, which means the hundred stories. It's I thought it was ten. No, it was a hundred stories. Is what okay. it stands for. Well, let's let's see what Wikipedia says. Yeah, I was I did two minutes of research. <laughs> contradicting me. The book's primary title exemplifies Boccaccio's fondness for Greek. Decameron combines two Greek words, deca ten and himera day, to form a term that means ten day event. Ten days is the period in which the characters of the frame story tell their tales. We did not read the Decameron uh, for any kind of backstory. Uh, no. And, and the reason why will be clear in uh, a moment. <laughs> yeah, it was. looks like it was first published in English in uh, the 1800s. Okay. So it's... Originally uh, from the, the 14th century, the 1300s, which is when yeah. The Little Hours takes place. Okay, well, here's where I got confused. The book is structured as a frame story containing 100 tales told by a group of seven oh, young women. And oh, okay. Men. So it looks like there's 10 people. They each tell 10 stories okay. over 10 days. What does any of that have to do with the movie we watched? Um, there are a couple of the stories that they are loosely based on. Oh, like, is that like yes. why it felt like it was strung together? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's okay. why you have like these two plots. There's one of... Basically, there's, you have the group of nuns, and one of them is a witch, and she's trying to get the other ones to join yeah. her coven. Which you don't realize <laughs> till close to the end of the movie. Right. Yeah, it says The Little Hours Adapted Tales uh, 3, 1, and 3, 2. So, you know, they're divided up into ten parts, and each part has, like, ten stories. So, okay. So there's two two adjacent stories in the Cameron. And, there you know, there are a lot of, like, kind of ribald tales about courtly love and... Uh, finding true love within that. So you, you get that feel definitely from this. I mean, obviously it's a modern adaptation when yeah, you see they, the, uh, you know, in the first scene, the, the nuns are like cussing out this guy. And yeah, <laughs> they, they speak with modern English, plenty American of American accents. They, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the one, the one British lady, they don't know where she's from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that was funny. They're like, 
are you sure you're from around here? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was kind of funny. Yeah, there's no attempt to yeah. pretend it's 14th century Italy. Yeah. Uh, so you have these nuns who are going on these little misadventures. So there's the priest there to give them mass, I guess, because the woman couldn't perform the mass. They're not allowed. Well, right, so. yeah. Because uh, Jesus was man. Yeah. You got that. But the mother superior was, you know, played by Molly Shannon, was having a little love affair with the, <laughs> the, the priest played by John C. Riley, And they were kind of a cute couple, actually. And then you have one of the nuns. It seems like she's trying to do her best and figure out what's going on. She has trouble with her father, played by Paul Reiser. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's Alison Brie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's just trying to find her place and then there's the the other nun who's the witch and she's just like you know kissing everybody getting them drunk and and then they they end up in the in the woods dancing naked around a fire for no reason there's no reason for any right yeah anymore. but at the same time they have uh, dave franco's character who was um sh- he's a servant who is uh, stooping his master's wife i was i was going to use the word stooping so very good <laughs> so yeah, he gets run out because, you know, Master finds out. And yeah. He runs for his life and runs into John C. Riley and he says, well, the the nuns treat my servants pretty harshly, so it's best if, like, you pretend you don't speak. And, you know, of course, hilarity ensues. Um, in air quotes, hilarity. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's all the, the typical misunderstanding, Three's Company kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it all comes out at the end. When the Archbishop, played by Fred Armisen, shows up, and he, everything sort of comes out when you know the one girl she takes too much of this uh, weed that the witches found, and the they made this little potion to kind of get high, and she took too much of it and had a total freak out, and it's running naked through the halls of the convent, screaming, waking everybody up, and so Fred Armisen is like, "Really, what are you doing?" And he he brings them all in, and you know the movie sort of ends it. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know, a good way to put it. The movie just sort of ends. Yeah, everyone kind of finds their true love and or not, and then the movie ends. So yeah, there, there, there's some like I found Fred Armisen funny when he showed up, and I, I didn't even have that. I was utterly, I found it boring and unfunny, like just from start to finish. I and I wanted to like it. I thought it was going to be hilarious given the caliber of the talent involved. Yeah, and I just did not care what was going on nothing amused me I, there were bits that i thought were funny like the stuff with like i said was uh fred arbison uh, there, were, there were okay there were a couple lines here or there where i may have chuckled like, yeah um, but the the yeah. yeah but the the nun slash witch storyline was and it, it seemed like they they threw in the nudity in there to wake you up because it was so boring Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, that's that's a trope we're gonna find uh, <laughs> in our next movie, yeah. the Novitiate. Um, this one, yeah. are, are we done with Little Hours? Now? Yes, we're done yeah. with Little Hours. <laughs> Mike, Mike was just, just waiting for us to be done. 90, 90 minutes. I'm not getting back. <laughs> no. I, 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 I wanted to like it. I really wanted to like it. And yeah. well, then I, I kind of felt the same way about the Novitiate. I wanted to like it. I think it's just Novitiate. Yes, you're right. Novitiate. Sorry. I want to put the in front of everything. The, the little hours? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Didn't we have this conversation before? <laughs> it's been seven years, probably. <laughs> Anyways, Novitiate, uh, directed by Maggie Betts, 
starring uh, Melissa Leo as the Reverend Mother. Um, and Andy McDowell's daughter as Sister Kathleen. I forget her name, but she was oh, Andy Alyssa McDowell's. Brindley? The, the Sister main, Kate? The, no. Um, Lisa Stewart? No. Margaret Qualley. Yes. Sister Kathleen. Yes, that okay. is Andy McDowell's daughter, not with Andy Garcia. Okay. They were just in a movie together. Oh, they did okay. not have a child together. Okay, I understand now. <laughs> Sometimes they put them in the order of star power or oh, yeah. character importance, and then sometimes they put their first appearance in the movie. So it goes like a chronological order. Yeah. So when your main character doesn't show up till like 10 minutes into the movie, you could be like, oh, wait, who is that? Because, you know, they, cause they're actors, and their profile picture looks nothing like how their character looks. Right. So, you know, because they're playing a part. So sometimes I get confused. Actually, they may and not have uh, been I'm, in a movie together. And I can't, apparently, I, I can't tell white people apart. So, you know, we're, if I'm watching a Godzilla movie, I could tell you the name of every actor in the scene. I could tell all, I could tell all those actors apart. But I have that same problem, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, Novitiate. Yeah, this one didn't have as, as much star power in it, but it had... Uh, an interesting, a more interesting time setting. Yeah, this took place in in the sixties, uh, at exactly at the time of the Vatican II reformations to the Catholic Church. This movie is either about a young woman's self discovery and her decision to become a nun and the life choices that involves, or it's about Vatican II's effect on a convent. I'm not exactly sure. Well, because it's an independent movie, and you can't have an independent movie without a plot line that goes nowhere, or without all your plot lines going nowhere. In, indeed. <laughs> There's a couple tropes in here, those independent movie tropes, you know, like oh. nudity for no reason. Oh. You know, and well, yes, I, I made there was. a... Well, it wasn't for no reason. I think it was for a, maybe a, a dumb, overly... Um, Let's see, overly obvious. What's the word I'm looking for here, Robert? It begins with an S, I think. Sledgehammery. <laughs> yes, it was for an overly obvious sledgehammery reason. Uh, it, it was, it's at the very end of the movie, after she's had sex with another novitiate. Yes, that actually happens in the movie. And she's trying to decide if she still wants to take her vows. She takes all of her clothes off and apparently decides to go through with it. Oh, I forgot about that part. I was thinking about the part. It's about halfway through the movie. Oh, when the old the old nun comes in. Yeah, they're they're like eating yeah. breakfast or lunch or something, and this old nun comes in wearing nothing but her habit, no other clothes on, and starts going on about something. She just went crazy. Or, I don't know, flipped out. And, yeah. And there, I can't think of any reason why that should have been in the movie, other than it yeah, was you're halfway right, through the movie, and they needed to wake up the audience because yeah. it was really kind of boring up yeah. to that point. The the movie like, was kind Whoa! of yeah, and then oh, okay, now it's boring again. It, yeah, it was kind of episodic. It starts out yeah. with Sister Kathleen's as a kid and what yes. she went through, and then we see a little bit with the Reverend Mother, and then we see we see various episodes with different nuns. Nuns going through training, nuns self-flagellating, and all of it adds up to, I guess, a movie? Yeah. Because I watched it, so I know it exists. Yeah. I think it was more about the Vatican II stuff, 
and, and maybe it, it right. should it should have been more about Sister Kathleen. Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't her because she wasn't affected by it. Right. Well, it was the Mother Superior because they yeah. they focused a lot on her story, and you know she like flips out on one of the novitiates, you know, who spoke out of turn, and yeah, you know, is yelling and screaming at her, and then and then the Archbishop comes in and. I think he was he was from the diocese. Yeah, and he and tells her you have he, to do these that changes. To, yeah, yeah. The the self abuse has to stop. Yeah, and then they make the announcement that the like the station of nuns will be devalued. Yeah, see that and, was the harsh part because yeah because they go through all this tough stuff. Yeah, and it's stuff that they've done for centuries, and it made them feel special. They because they have that the scene where they're dancing around the fire. You know, uh-huh. we're married, married. Yeah. They're wearing their, their, you know, the wedding dress. Yeah. They're brides of Christ. And, yeah. And, and then they get confirmed at the at the end. Right. In, right. In wedding dresses. Yeah. And it is. Is that not what's done anymore after this? Because uh, that wasn't clear from the movie. I have no idea what things are like now. Right. And that's the thing. We don't know. We, we know the changes that they talked about. But it, yeah. what what stayed the yeah. same? What it goes out now? Like it's, maybe instead of being called novitiate, maybe it should have been a separate movie about the Vatican II changes because it doesn't affect Sister Kathleen at all. If she's just coming in, she's not going to know anything other than the reforms. Right. right. Yeah, because there was another nun who was guiding the novitiates through, and when she learns of the Vatican II changes, she leaves. Yeah. And, and then there's a tag at the end that says, you know, Vatican II introduced the most sweeping changes in centuries yeah. 90,000 nuns left the order yeah is well, that a good thing or a bad thing I, I, I think it's I think it's a bad thing and I think we could talk I about mean this. what what okay let me rephrase according to the filmmaker okay Do is they, that a yes I don't know that's that's yes because that's the, the point. I completely agree that, I don't know that is a fault of the filmmaker maybe yeah. they're just maybe that was their goal just to present this and you can draw your own conclusions but I also kind of want them to tell you what you think because then the very last scene in the movie is when um, Sister Catherine is – she's about to make her vows to become a nun. And before she speaks, you know, he asks her, you know, what are you, what are you searching for? And she looks up. She takes a big pause. And then there's her mother. You see a close-up on her face, like kind of hopeful because her mother doesn't want her to become a nun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And she looks up, and you hear her take a breath. It cuts to black, and she says, she whispers, I'm searching for something more. And then that's the end of the movie. And then they have that thing where all the nuns left. The... So you don't know, did she make her vows? Did she walk away? I was under the impression that since she got to that point with the dress on, that she that she took the vows. Yeah. That, that was not in doubt for me. That was okay. my takeaway from it. Yeah, so I was I was uncertain. Did she, like get up and walk out did she they should have shown that if yeah. that's what happened in a movie with two naked nuns <laughs> yeah i guess you're right when you put it that way and, yeah and all right we're, we're getting we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves because there is a scene where she whips herself with the pun they have some clever name for it the punisher or the, the discipline the, the discipline thank you yeah. Uh, where she asks to borrow it to use it on herself because she's had impure thoughts and they show her masturbating and I yeah. mean, they don't, you know, she's under the covers, but that's, yeah. what, that's what she's doing. Right. I, it, 
took me a minute to figure that out. Like, why are they? Oh, yeah. Uh, Then she ends up getting it on with another nun to be who then up and leaves after Sister Kathleen confesses that she. Yeah. And they were just. Yeah. And that other nun, she moved from another convent because she wanted more strict surroundings. Yeah. Probably because she's. Yeah, this, pr- this wasn't her this first kind rodeo. of relationship before. Yeah. yeah, so it's one of those things where it, you know, like an in, like any other independent movie. What is this about? Yeah, why are you showing this to me? Yeah. So and in any other movie, it would have been about this young woman trying to be a nun, and then this would have been the end of Act Two, and the the rest of the movie would have been her struggling with whether or not to reveal this relationship. And to go through with her vows, but it doesn't, and she does, and the other lady leaves, and that's, I mean, I don't want to say it doesn't go anywhere, but it's not given the weight it maybe should have, because so much weight had to be given to the Vatican II reforms. And that was tough, because, like I was saying earlier, these women sacrifice so much, and they go through all this hardship and pain, and they show, like, sort of the the horrible trials they got to go through, like publicly confessing their sins in front of all the other novitiates to the mother superior. That that's, I mean, those are tough scenes to watch. Yeah. So they go through all this pain and sacrifice and then they're told, you know, they don't have a special status in the church anymore. They're the same as any other parishioner. So it goes like, you know, instead of like parishioner, nun, like priest, it's just like priest and then everybody else. So they yeah. were their status was taken down a notch. Do you know if that's still in effect? I don't I, know, but I suspect it would be in. Yeah, uh, I'll give you more on my thoughts on that when we get to our TV corner. Okay. So. Um. But 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 before we get there. I just yeah, I have I have more comments. I'm I'm not done. Okay. Well, I got this one. I was reading about this movie and review from the Catholic News. Oh, okay. Because I wanted to... Yeah, I was going to bring up some reviews, too. Okay, cool. The IMDb reviews are all over the place for this. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, this one, unsurprisingly, they didn't like it. And you don't say. <laughs> and here's a quote. Uh, Betts, the director, who admits she never gave religion much thought, was, in- <laughs> was inspired to write Novitiate after reading the letters of St. Teresa of uh, Kolkata and learning how intimate the bond between a nun and God actually is. And we get a, a little bit of that, you know, at the beginning of the movie between Sister Kathleen and the, and, and God. And that that was kind of nice that they showed a, a, a genuine love for God there and how much work goes into that relationship, uh, to continue the quote. Uh, she was also fascinated by the way Vatican II affected religious life and the fact that many nuns chose to leave the convict as a result of their forms. Unfortunately, the fact that Betts relied on ex-nuns as her consultant shows in some of the more outrageous aspects of the film. So yeah, they're like, this doesn't really represent some of the stuff that that happens. And so uh, I like how they sum it up at the end. Um, The film contains strong sexual content, including full nudity, same-sex kissing, implied masturbation, and lesbian sexual activity. Oh, that was it was implied. <laughs> one use of profanity, several instances of rough language, and at least one crude term. The Catholic News Service classification is O for morally offensive. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm. I was looking at IMDb's reviews, and this won like some kind of festival award. Um, I'll see if I can find it when I'm reading it. 
Complex issues well handed, handled, 7 out of 10. They only wanted to love Jesus, 9 out of 10. Uh, 7 out of 10, Think Nun Story, but without Audrey Hepburn. Uh, wow, okay. N- 9 out of 10, Stunning Debut is among this year's best films. 1 out of 10, another reason for people who think the Catholic Church is diabolical to keep thinking it. And I, I would tend to agree, um, especially after what Robert was just reading from the Catholic magazine. Yeah. Do you think that this was, oh yeah, and it, it goes on, 1 out of 10, totally inaccurate and absurd, 5 out of 10, salacious view of pre-Vatican II monastic life, saved by Leo's over-the-top mother superior from hell. Do you think that it was portrayed like a cult? And do you think that was on purpose? I, I think it was on purpose. I think it was. she tried to show it as harsh and unforgiving. Yeah. But at the same time, I think what the actress did, and we were just looking at her before Melissa Leo, oh, who I, played yeah, the Reverend Mother. Before we go on, the, the quality of the acting is top-notch. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm talking yeah. about the plot of the film and yeah. it's the realism of the film, the okay. historical accuracy. Yeah, I think, I think it is, yes, I think it's overblown and exaggerated. But uh, at the same time, I've you feel sympathetic for these women, especially at the end where Melissa Leo's character, the Reverend Mother, is explaining to all the other nuns the changes. Yeah. And as she goes on, you know, she she's trying to keep a brave face, but she's like sobbing at the end because basically they were told that they're worthless now in the eyes of the church. And if that's a harsh view of the Catholic Church, then... You know, I, that's one I agree with because the nuns were the, they are the lifeblood of the church. You can't take women out of the church. And we'll see good Tr- reasons for that when we get to the TV the, corner. Try as the Catholic church might yeah. over the years. Yeah. Um, because if you look at the evangelical church, uh, it's about 75% women who do the ministry. Huh. Okay. I didn't and know that. that our big problem is getting the men's ministry going. Okay. God's church is made for all people and to say that women have a lesser status than men is is very dangerous and i guess when we get to the keepers uh, (laughs) i'll give you my more my i keep Uh, i want to save it i want to save it so Uh, but yeah i think i think maybe in its exaggeration there was like a kernel of truth to the emotionality of what happened maybe the the specific instances we saw yeah. were yeah they didn't out show of, blown out of proportion yeah you know? they they only showed a lot of the bad stuff yeah yeah and so we saw a lot of tropes I guess we call them nun movie tropes that are in both of these movies so uh, let's play bingo here and let's see if we fill <laughs> up our card here indeed so let's see we got nuns dancing around a fire check well uh, t- although in in novitiate it's more of a of a celebration and, yes and it's a Wiccan right in little hours so but yeah. but but still they are nuns and they are dancing around a fire so we'll so nuns having sex oh that's a big check in the um, words of hermes conrad uh nuns cussing uh i don't think any nuns cussed in novitiate okay by my recollection i think it was just her uh sister kathleen's mom and dad were swearing at each other i don't think any of the nuns were swearing okay i think you're right on that one so no check for that one okay um nuns kissing uh, yep, ding, ding, ding. Um, nuns bullied by an archbishop. Yep. Uh, nuns naked for no reason. Well, there's always a reason. <laughs> but for the plot of the movie... Oh, 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 um, check. Okay, and, uh, boring us to death? 
Uh, yes. Check. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Okay. So yeah, there were there were several parts where I was I was a little bored during Novitiate. Not not through the whole thing, like with little hours. Yeah. But it, it was like, oh, they're praying again, or something. Yeah. I, that's a, not a good example. Yeah. But so I th- I think you were. You're more intrigued by uh, Sister Kathleen's it, story, and I, I was more. I think it should have been two movies. Yeah, because I like the Vatican II stuff, and that uh, the I, impact it had on the Reverend Mother I, and her story. I was I was interested in that too, but it's at best they, they it makes both stories afterthoughts. You know, when neither oh, one is yeah. stronger. Yeah, they didn't dovetail quite as no. well into each other. No. Yeah. For for reasons for the reasons I already said. So, did you find it morally offensive as the Catholic Church did? Maybe not morally offensive. I think it could have been a better movie, and I do think it was exaggerated and overplayed and and sledgehammery. Okay, so I guess we agree on this one then. I guess so. <laughs> we had to argue the whole time to find out that we agreed on it. <laughs> Uh, that's that's what makes our partnership great. <laughs> yeah. So I, no, I never thought we disagreed. I guess we liked the different parts of it, the stuff that we found more intriguing than the other. So yeah, it, but we. But it, that it, was kind of that's that's yeah. my whole point though, is that it it is two halves. Yeah. And neither one is more interesting than the other, and it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm yeah. glad some people liked it. Uh, I I wish I knew what the filmmaker, you know, what her. Yeah, you know, point was that being a nun is bad, or that it's shameful what happened to these nuns. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think, <sighs> I think I'll take uh, moral too. Okay. <laughs> Wheel of morality, turn, turn, turn. <laughs> Tell us a lesson that we should learn. <laughs> All right. So, final judgment on Little Hours. I'm glad everybody else has a career after this, and <laughs> nobody is going broke. Yeah. It was funny in parts, but not not worth another watch no. or another thought. No, uh, I, I wish I'd picked a different film. <laughs> How about Novitiate? A competently directed first feature. Work on your storytelling, Ms. Betts. Good luck next time. Well acted. Pretty good cinematography. It, it, it kind of got boring after a while, but if you're in the same setting, you can't leave yeah. a convent. and you know, yeah. There's only so much you can do. But again, yeah, the story fell flat. So, all right. So with that, let's turn let's on the shimmy, TV. Shimmy on over to TV Corner. So in TV Corner, we're going to look at two shows, probably the last one a little more briefly, but uh, The yeah. Keepers. I, I freely admit I did not watch any extra Call the Midwife. Like, on purpose, I didn't. I, I didn't watch it either, so I could just maybe tell you some of the things I found interesting. I've seen, so. like, bits and pieces of five or six episodes. and Well, well let's talk about it now, because we'll get it out of the way. All right, let's get it out of the way. I find it's a British show. It's on It's on the BBC, and it's I think it's BBC. And then it's, it's re-aired on PBS. Yes. My wife watches it on Netflix, and I have not once seen a midwife called. Every now and then, someone will have a baby on the show. Yeah. Well, um, the, there's the, but there's also yeah. You know, they help sick adults. Well, they are the midwives. They're the they're the okay. The nurses. There's like nurses and nuns, and they work together. Like yeah. Not, 
not all the nuns are nurses and not all the nurses are nuns. Oh, okay. So, See, that has never been but they all, clear to me. They all midwife. They all like, because there's no no doctors available. They live kind of like the poor side of town. All right. So they kind of, they ride their bikes everywhere to help the women have all the babies. Yes, I've seen the poster. So, I've seen them on their bikes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's there's a baby born, like sometimes a couple babies born every episode. Oh, all right. And so I always kind of put my headphones on during all the screaming. So yeah, I, 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 I barely made it through mine. My three being born. I, <laughs> it's just every time, every time it's on in the room, it's like them talking to each other and nothing's happening, or somebody is sick and they're trying to encourage them. And I, I don't enjoy it. I, I give me Doctor yeah, it, Who and Monty Python, and yeah, those those are boy shows. This is I definitely guess. a girl show. I guess. There's just, um, I guess, just as male beings who do not produce uh, human beings in our bodies, there there's a lot more for women to latch on to and um, identify with. And well, I don't want to. I I don't want to just say I don't like the show because I'm a guy. Because that's a little bit sexist. I think it's maybe aimed at women. <laughs> yeah. There are some good plot lines in there. And, and a lot of women in America complain that there's no there's no good roles for women anymore. Go to England, man. They got tons just... of good stuff there. I mean, there's, there's... I hear women are taking men's roles in England now. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Uh, oh, if only they got paid as much, you know. She she is. She right. is. I read that. <laughs> All right, good. She made sure she got the same as Capaldi. Uh, and I'm liking that show so far. It's okay. She's good. Yeah. I think the episodes have been a little weak. Yeah, you got to give it yeah. we got a good I, I, Yeah, I like her and I like the companions. Yeah. I haven't been crazy about the shows. Yeah. Uh it reminds me a lot of like old school John Pertwee. In fact, See, I thought Capaldi reminded me of of Pertwee and Baker was yeah. like their kid was yeah was twelve. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one the storylines are I think a little more third doctory. So, and especially the opening evokes that more. Yeah. It looks almost exactly like the third Doctor's opening. Just okay. It's been a while since I've just seen more that. more flashy and so. But yeah. Anyways, we'll talk more about Doctor Who after this yeah. show. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Yeah, but uh, but this one um, called the midwife. It's got a lot of a lot of meaty stuff, a lot of um, good plot for the the women to chew on. Like there was one, there was a nun who she had a crisis of faith and actually uh, left the convent. She stayed a nurse, but then you know she she married uh, the doctor on the show. Oh yeah, okay. I've seen I've seen yeah. them. Yeah, so that was an interesting storyline. And then he had one go the other way where he had one of the nurses who saw, you know, the life of that the nuns lived and wanted that and she took her vows and became she became an officiate and a nun and everything. And then I, I don't know, she she got attacked or had something traumatic happen to her and she had to go to a hospital and they put her like in Bedlam or somewhere and given her shock treatment and the one doctor was like, No, no, you're not doing that and pulled her out. So she had um some it was a little soap opera-y, you know, kind of storyline. It has seemed soap opera-y when I've yeah. seen it. Yeah, but uh, it, it's definitely interesting for the actors, to whether it's interesting for us to watch. I mean, but, you know, they talked about the children of Philidomai, and, uh-huh. you know, that that was harsh. That was that broke your heart. The situation that showed that, whew, wow, that was, that was uh, eye-opening. So that was good television there, but... 
American TV shows do this sometimes, but a lot of British shows do that. So they'll they'll have a show where they'll have like a big star at the beginning of it, and then two or three seasons in, like they leave. There was the main character who is supposed to be telling the story, and it's based on her memoirs. And they got Vanessa Redgrave to open and close each show oh, with a okay. narration. Yeah. It was supposed to be this one nurse, but then she left five years ago. <laughs> She left the show. Yeah, but I mean, they still like have a, Vanessa Redgrave. Yeah. She's like some omniscient god person who knows everything that's going on in the convent, even though... Maybe she is. <laughs> I don't enjoy the show. I just... It's yeah. not for me. So, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I don't have anything to contribute to this episode about it other than that. Yeah. But it's... If you want to know more about nuns, maybe a more realistic view, then, uh, yeah, check that one out. So let's talk about the keepers. Yeah. Um, um, I, I want to get this out of the way right up front. I have never been both enthralled and repulsed at the same time by a show before. Uh, yeah. Well, and this is completely true events. This is a yeah. docu-series, not a docu-drama, but yeah. a docu-series. A lot of people being interviewed, talking heads, static shots of pictures of old mm-hmm. people and stuff. But it is, wow, it's a tough watch. It is. And I watched, I had a slow day at work. I watched three and a half of them, half of the series in in one day this past week. I was not okay. No, no. I had to take it in chunks. As you go into it, you see sort of the resolution start to happen. Then, you know, because your disgust turns into anger. Here's the plot. First episode is about who killed Sister Kathy. And it, uh, there was a nun in Baltimore in 1967, turned up dead. Uh, or actually, no, she went missing. I don't think they ever yeah. found her body. No, they did. Oh, they did? Yeah, two but, months later. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, because the one lady, yeah, yeah. The, she thinks that the priest took her to the body. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, she, she went missing and then turned up dead. And then a few weeks later, another young woman was found dead. Yeah. And this scares community... Uh, the police looked into it. There was like, a few scant clues, but they came up with nothing, and it was a cold case. Next episode, talking to a woman who went to a nearby high school, um, Archbishop Keogh High School. and Yeah, where, where the nun right, worked. Right, and there was a chaplain there, uh, Father Maskell. Yeah, oh, and check this out. I thought the whole show was going to be about her murder. I didn't, right. I didn't know so much of it was going to be about our good old friend, Church sex abuse. Yes, that was a that was a surprise. Uh, but re- was it I mean, really? Was it really? Uh, I, mean, I suppose not. But I, I have to admit, I had the same expectation. It was yeah going to be tracking who. It was going to be seven episodes of about like, all about the murder. And, yes, yeah. But the murder opened this door to a whole host of horrors of how Father Maskell would abuse these young women. He'd find out in the confessional that they were abused before. And he got the other priest there in on the game. And they would use their knowledge of psychology and their power position as a priest to have sex with these women. and Girls. 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 Well, well, they're women now, but at the time, yes, they were girls. They were high school girls like... They would talk like, it was my sophomore year when this happened, which is, yeah. how old would that be? That'd be like 15, 16. Four, four, I think 14 was, yeah. I remember the number 14. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. No. That's 
just terrible. And yeah, they destroyed these lives. So they talked to uh, a couple men. I don't know if you watched the the last episode, but there was a um, he abused this boy, this altar boy, and destroyed his life. No, I haven't gotten to that yet. Yeah, I, I made it through five and a half, four and a half, five and a half. Yeah, most of episode five. Yeah, out of seven. So, so. I mean, he destroyed. I mean, it. it the number was about a hundred. Oh, I think geez. it could have been more because they say typically only three or four percent of survivors report their abuse. So it could have been a lot more, a lot more people that he destroyed because he would bring in other people and watch while this stuff was going on. I mean, it was just I, I made Police it like officers. Yes. Said. He was working on the as the chaplain on the local police department and right. would bring in police officers to. You know, I don't. Yeah. I can't even. So there was a, a yeah. Jane Doe who came forward in the '90s, and a Jane Rowe who joined, and they tried to they tried sue to the sue. But of course, like if you remember from our episode on Spotlight, yeah. how that turned out. Statute of limitations. Yes, there and... was technicalities, and people were covering for the church, and the stuff went nowhere. So because the guy was buddy buddy with the police and. It sounds like he got these police officers involved, even though they didn't want to do it, so he could yeah. blackmail them into, you keep yeah. my story silent. I mean, this guy was completely, utterly evil. Yeah, and they name-checked Spotlight in it, too. Yeah. They said that uh, this was before any of that. Yeah. And they do the same thing where they, they move him around, they send him to a treatment center, they send him to different mm-hmm. parishes Yeah, just to try and keep it. Because you, you kind of figure a bit of the timeline they... They show you handy little maps where this yes. guy went. In. Yeah, the graphics on the show were, yeah. were spot on. Because they talked to a guy. He was a dentist. He had a family. He had a practice where he had, he said he had like 10,000 patients. I mean, his practice was off the charts. But he had a drug problem because he was dealing with this crap that this horrible priest did to him. Hmm. And I'm assuming he lost everything. They didn't go into that too much. But, yeah, it was morally reprehensible that's if anything was morally offensive is the stuff that this guy did yeah and the way the church covered up because you really got as the show goes on you get the feeling that in trying to tell the church what happened that they're abusing them all over again you know they're taking power away from these people they're taking their humanity away they're degrading them by telling them, you know, this didn't happen. You're just after the church for money. The sad part is the the Jane Doe. She is uh, Jean, and she becomes less anonymous in the, in, as the show goes on. You know, she tells yeah, who she is of, to more and yeah. more people. Jane Doe and Jane Rowe are both upfront and not anonymous. Yeah, in the show, it sounds like she got the worst of it. From I mean, just the the sickest, just most wretched. I mean, I, I had to. She's telling her story. I had to stop it and walk away because I was going to puke. I mean, it was so bad, the stuff that was going on. But then she remembers this priest takes her out to see Sister Kathy's body out in the woods. And he says, you see what happens when you say bad things about people? Because she had gone to Sister Kathy and told her what happened. And Kathy was going to blow the whistle on him. But he found out somehow, probably through one of his spies, his little police buddy. And, and there's a couple episodes that we didn't watch where there, he had like a couple accomplices um, who may have killed Kathy and disposed of the body for the priest. So we're not sure. They don't have enough evidence to prove it one way or the other. I, I do know, because I was doing some reading in between episodes, that they 
exhumed Father Maskell's body right before the miniseries aired. And uh, they did some DNA tests and nothing matched. He he was not a match for whatever, I don't know what they did. The, the article I read didn't go into detail, but there was no match between the evidence at the crime scene and Father Maskell's DNA. So. Yeah, but... There was a strong suggestion that he, he conspired else. to do it and yeah. got someone else to do it for him. Because he, he seems like the guy who wouldn't do his own dirty work. He'd get someone else to do that for him because he likes to torture people. And it makes me sad. I think the thing that makes me the sickest is that a person who's supposed to represent God just destroys people's faith and he destroys their their bodies and he destroys their minds and they can't function in society and the one girl she was going to be a lawyer and she couldn't do that until she got all this these memories these repressed memories out of her mind and out into the public and she went back to school became a lawyer and started fighting for people in similar situations or young young men who had been profiled by the police (laughs) And, you know, weren't doing anything wrong, got thrown in jail. She got their cases thrown out and stuff. So, you know, now she's able to do that. But, you know, she could have been doing that for 40 years instead of only 20. Yeah. If I can turn the tables to a a lighter note, if I can mix metaphors also. Yeah. Did you like in episode two how there was the tie-in with Novitiate where they were talking about the nun training in the 60s around the time of Vatican II? Yes. And, oh, yeah, that leads me to... On my point there, isn't it strange that about 40 years after Vatican II, they're saying it takes people 30 or 40 years to, you know, as they get older, they become more able to deal with trauma and they're more liable to talk about their abuse. It's about that time that about 40 some years after Vatican II, when people start talking about, oh yeah, I suffered all this abuse at the hands of these priests. And all this abuse, it, it had to have been happening before then. But it seemed to have exploded right about the time that all the nuns left the church. Hmm. It, yeah, pause to think. Uh, these nuns were like the guardians, and you know maybe there was a lot more Sister Cathys in the church who were protecting young men and women from the praying hands of these perverted priests. And when they left the church, it was open season for these predators. That's my conspiracy theory. That's it's it's not a fun thought. No. But it, uh, it it certainly explains a little bit of why we're seeing movies like Doubt and Spotlight and the one we saw with Brendan Gleeson. What was that Cal- called? Cal- Calvary? Calvary. Cal- Calvary. Yes, Calvary. Yeah, that one. So Chris O'Dowd. Yeah. And Littlefinger. When you, when you watch a dramatization like Doubt or Calvary, yeah, it's, it's one thing. But when you, when you see people talking about yeah. this. Or even Spotlight. Yeah. Which is based on true events, but it's a movie. Yeah. And it didn't delve too much into what happened. They had to talk about it. They talked about it, yeah. But they didn't go into detail. It was as much about the coverage of it than about the acts itself. Yeah, and the cover-up. Yeah. And exposing that cover-up. And and you think, well, maybe, you know, because that happened almost 20 years ago now. Spotlight. I didn't think it was that long. It, It was around 2001. Okay. When cuz they talk about how God, how is 2001 almost yeah. 20 years ago? Yeah, it was like 9/11 kind of interrupted the story. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, you're right. And it was like I think it was 2002 I think when it finally came out. 
Okay. About 15 years, a little over 15 years. And you think maybe some changes happen, things are getting better, and you see in the news that Pope Francis saying, oh, we're going to do more for the survivors. And and that's a nice statement to make. What else is he going to say? Business as usual. Yeah, that's the sad part is it is business business as usual. And this story, which came out just last year, shows that there's still a cover-up. They're still hiding. They're not going to admit to things. They're, they've yeah. they've given it these survivors fifty years ago, yeah. and they're still they've given yeah. them just paltry paltry sums of compensation thirty forty fifty thousand dollars these tiny little settlements I mean is that the price he put on pain so it it shows that there's still a problem it's still ongoing and it's not solved yet and it probably won't be anytime soon you know so. I I've, I've never seen the wire but I know it takes place in Baltimore and between. The Wire, the Orioles, and the Keepers. I'm not moving to Baltimore. <laughs> sorry, Baltimore. The sorry, Cal, sorry, Cal Ripken. But yeah, I'm not going there either. <laughs> to where? To Baltimore. You're, oh, you're not going there? Okay. No, I'm staying out of Baltimore. So what's your final judgment on the Keepers? I hope they can eventually figure out what really happened. It's a compelling drama, and... Uh, Wow, I I don't I don't really know how how to wrap it up. I'm I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna finish it. Yeah, it's a hard watch, but I yeah. think it is I, a necessary I wanted to, one. I wanted to get the whole thing done, but I just ran yeah. out of time. Yeah, I did watch the last episode. I guess I won't spoil it for the viewers, but there is a bit of closure. But well, like you said, they don't really solve the crime. Yeah, but uh, there's enough circumstantial evidence or. Anyone with half a brain can figure out what's going on and what really happened. It's just being able to prove it. So what about your final thoughts on Call Call the the Midwife? Midwife. Yeah. I think you just summed it up for me. (laughs) (laughs) My wife likes it, and I'm happy for her. Yes, if we have any female listeners, that's just a show for you. There's a lot that you can empathize with. You can can be a guy and like the show. I'm just saying I don't like it. Yeah. Because nothing happens. But if you like soapy drama and medical stuff, kids in medical peril, it it, it knock is yourself it is out. it is a bit of a medical procedural. So yeah, yeah. If, if you like if you like ER, this might be one for you. Or Grey's Anatomy. The Grey's yes, Anatomy Grey's would have been Anatomy. the one I picked. Yeah, if you're you like right. Grey's Anatomy with nuns, this show is for you. <laughs> Amen, brother. All right. So next time. Uh, for uh, next time, first reformed with Ethan Hawke about a priest who hears one too many confessions and decides to go and kick some butt. I think that's what it's about. I, I think that is what it's about. Because yeah. I've only watched the trailer. I, I bought it on Fandango now, and I haven't watched it yet because I've been saving it. But Put that word yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's our, our, favorite, yeah. our favorite little quote from High Fidelity. But also... I bought it on Fandango Now. It was like, I got it for like seven or eight bucks on Fandango Now. It's a good price. But it doesn't, it's only on that oh, streaming okay. service. It, it doesn't go on movies anywhere or my, ultraviolet uh, so I can watch it on Vudu or something. Yeah, my, my Xbox has Fandango Now. So if you need to, we can watch it together at my house. Okay, because I tried watching it on my Amazon Fire Stick and it there's no Fandango Now app on there. Okay, we'll watch because, it on my Xbox. Yeah. And I tried to stream it through the app, through the website, you know, looking up the the internet browser on the yeah. Amazon Fire Stick, and it says play an app. It doesn't have you can't just watch the movie. So That's yeah, jacked. Yeah, because Amazon uh. wants they Amazon wants your money. 
Yeah. <laughs> should have bought a Roku. <laughs> yeah, probably should have. But, you know, they gave it to me for like 20 bucks I and it and you it get 25 for and Roku. It, and and then they they put all the stuff I like on there, you know. They so they the tailored it cuz Amazon has my number. Oh. They've been spying on me somehow. They know all all the yeah. things that I like cuz I've been buying from them for the past 10 years or so. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, maybe now that you have an iPhone, you can get an Apple TV. Yeah. And then you could AirPlay from Fandango now, the Fandango Now app. Oh, they don't have yeah. a Fandango Now app on Apple TV, which is weird. But we got a free Fandango Now rental from McDonald's. Oh. Um, from a, a list of certain titles, oh. m- most of which we own. Some Fast and Furious movies on there. Ah. Those are right out. Oh. I was trying to figure out how to play it on the Apple TV, but it might be a moot point because it's nothing Tammy wants to watch anyway. <laughs> Like the best choices are that we don't already own. <laughs> we were considering maybe Death Becomes Her, which I saw once in the theater. Oh, that's twenty-five a long time years ago. Yeah, yeah, twenty-five years ago. Possibly Miss Peregrine's Home for something children. The most oh, recent Tim yeah. Burton movie. I don't know if she wanted to see that. I could sit through it. Or Hunger Games, which neither of us ever saw. You could. I have the riff for that, so that that'll make it more enjoyable. For you. That probably won't be nice. <laughs> Anyways, uh, TV Corner. Let's talk about TV Corner. What yeah. Gonna do there? Uh, I guess we're going to do God Friended Me because we don't want to do the um, the hard-to-watch Sean Bean show where he's... What is... What is maybe after the show. Uh, so we're going to do God Friended Me because it just got picked up for a whole season. So we're not, yeah. we're not worried about it being canceled before we can talk yeah, about it Yeah, that got some good reviews. And by that time, we'll, we'll have yeah. uh, quite a few episodes to get under the belt. So. Yeah. All right, so until next time, this is Art saying keep the faith. And Mike saying peace out.